welcome to Money Stories with LDT. I'm Linda Davis-Taylor, and this is Worth Beyond Wealth with Juliet Scott Croxford. I think there were so many decisions that I certainly had to make this year and other leaders have had to make this year. And there was almost like I, I gave myself that kind of acceptance that not all of these are going to be right. You are going to make mistakes. Today on Money Stories, we're joined by Juliet Scott Croxford, the former CEO of Worth Media. Juliet began her career as a management consultant, learning to code at IBM Business Consulting Services before focusing on business strategy and organizational change, where she worked with clients to solve complex business problems across a variety of sectors through the use of technology. During today's conversation, We'll look back at Juliet's trailblazing background and path to becoming a CEO, explore stories of resilience, and capture practical takeaways for success. So pleased to welcome to today's Money Story podcast, Juliet Scott Croxford. And Juliet, we're so delighted to have you with us for this conversation today. Thank you, Linda. It's, it's, I'm thrilled to be part of the conversation and thank you for inviting me. It's great to see you. Well, Juliet, some of our listeners may not be as aware as we'd like them to be about Worth Media. And of course, you joined as CEO in 2018. One particular component of your strategy I know is women and worth. And Juliet, I know you and I share a passion about this topic. And so would you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you've described it as really the power and desire to create change to meet challenges of the moment with yeah. that women's community. And so how is that, how is that part of your strategy? It, it certainly was heightened when I took on this role at Worth to see um, the more senior you get and the more senior women get. The, I think in some cases, the harder it becomes. Uh, and you you quite quickly become the only. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of reading so much research about um, the pipeline uh, and some of the policies and then the, the parity around things like um, uh, pay equity um, and, and seeing some of the talent come through and hear some of their challenges, but also, you know, you suddenly very quickly start to see very evidently um that things are out of kilter here um and then you read read the research and you know we know that companies that have an equal number of men and women on their leadership team perform 41 percent higher um so so women and worth really the focus is to it's a platform and it's a community and it's incredibly engaged community but a very diverse one it's 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 um across the entrepreneur network the investor network and the c-suite network but it's really designed to uh, accelerate and activate progress for women and minorities amid the challenges that we still face, whether it's access to the board, access to capital, access to funding, access to equity and pay. Um, and I think more than ever, whilst there's been some incredible setbacks for women this year, um, we, we've also unlocked a lot of progress and there's some, there's some amazing leaders out there that are, that are just taking action into their own hands. So 
Um, we created Women and Worth as a means to uh, convene this powerful community to really activate change um, when it comes to gender equity and driving for a more inclusive and equal economy. You know, 75% of listed companies currently don't qualify uh, in terms of having a woman or a, 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 a diverse member on their board. So that we know this is a problem and we also know the benefits of having a more diverse leadership team uh, in terms of productivity, in terms of connectivity, inclusiveness, creativity. Um, and so I really see this Women and Worth community as a, a, a pool of brilliant talent. And I think they, they're, they're all activating change in their own right. And I think we're stronger together. So if we can kind of bring these things together, but also highlight talent that might be under the radar that actually uh, supports a, uh, a greater uh, parity at the board level, that I think that's a good, can only be a good thing in my view, and as a, a former um, financial services executive, to me, that's a very enlightened vision. And reading a little bit about your background, I know you started really as a coder. So you started in technology and then you've, my goodness, you've never shied away from jumping into challenges, jumping into the media business at a time of disruption. Do you have any, any thoughts that you might share about what you think were the ingredients that gave you as a younger executive even, the confidence to take those big steps really as a pioneer? I think I've always, it's funny, I don't, I, I've, I've never been described as a pioneer and it's very flattering. I think um, I've always had a drive and I've always had a sort of steely drive. And I do think that comes from my, my father, actually. I think sort of work and worth ethic and ambition I definitely, I think for my parents, there was a sense of you can achieve mm -hmm. anything that you set your mind to, um, which is quite, it's, 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 it's slightly anti-cultural to British culture. I think right. in America that, 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 um, that way of thinking is very much encouraged with children. Um, but I, yeah, I think I've always had a drive to want to prove myself. There's probably some psychological thing in that as well. <laughs> um, and I think some of where I think my career has zigzagged, actually, I don't think it's sort of been a natural path. I know I started my career at IBM and it was a great foundation to my career. And I think it was great to get that kind of corporate experience. I quite quickly realized actually I was craving more creativity mm -hmm. um, and that sort of took me down the media route. And I, I recognize media as being, having come from a sort of process driven organization. And I was a coder for quite a short, short space of time. I wasn't very good at it. And I quite quickly realized that what I did enjoy was understanding the impact that tech had on people mm -hmm. and processes and companies and industries. Um, and really sort of trying to understand the impact of how things would need to change if these technologies were applied. Um, so that uh, the, the media industry, I think then sort of, it, that was what sort of excited me because it was so relevant and I could kind of see it and you could feel it and you could touch it. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's, it was being disrupted fairly early on uh, with the evolution of digital. Um, and it's still, you know, it's incredibly, it, it, it's a very interesting industry, but it's also a very challenging industry um, and challenged industry. Um, 
I don't I don't think I like to sit still. I think I like to sort of I sort of see life and career as a journey and as a process as opposed to you're in this thing, stay in that mm-hmm. thing. And I think as I've got older, I've sort of got into this notion of like lifelong learning. And so I look back now and whilst there have been some incredibly tricky parts, I do like to see, sort of see everything I'm experiencing as an experience that will be very helpful to the thing that I go on and do next. Right. Um, and, and so I think I've sort of tried to just be a bit more fluid and flow with all of the different things I do, I guess. And I, and I do think, you, you know, opportunities, opportunities do come. I think you have to sort of jump on them, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I've never been one so okay, I'm following this career path and it's going to be linear. I think everything I do, it then makes me think, Oh, what about this? What about that? And you've spoken uh, as a CEO about your passion for the need to increase the number of women who are in those roles. And I think we can all agree on why, what the reasons are. As you think now, you've been in the role a couple of years. And right now in 2021, what do you think are the particular challenges and rewards for those women who might have that opportunity to step into CEO roles? I mean, I think some of the challenges are heightened. I think having gone through this year as a mother as well and, and a mother with young children, the, the, the stress and strain I think it's placed on working mothers and, and any, any parent has been, um, has been incredible, really. I think it's been heightened. I mean, the number of people I know that are working from home, they're trying to oversee virtual schooling, um, I think the thing that's being squeezed, certainly f- in my experience, is time for yourself. Right. Um, and you've got a lot of compromises, you know, you're, you're uh, trying to keep the, the, the family home running, you're trying to keep be emotionally present for your kids, you're trying to be emotionally present for your team. Um, and, you know, it, it was a turnaround that I took on in 2018, and, and then it's had to be a turnaround again this year. Yeah, I, I think for, for women in particular and for senior women, the the challenges were always there, but I th- think they've been heightened this year. That said, I do think there's been some amazing progress this year as well. Um, you look at Jane Fraser becoming uh, the, the city CEO. You look at Melody Hobson, right. she's just gone on the Starbucks board. You look at Biden electing an all-female communications team. You look at the the incoming VP, who's a female. Right. So all of those things, I think, we have to celebrate. And and for me, it's those things that we have to kind of see, we use as seeing as progress. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't come without its challenges. That's for sure. So there's been a, a the word resilience has been written about quite often, especially in the last few months. So given the, what you've described as this year, this past year, and looking at the future, what does that word resilience look like for you? I, I think undoubtedly this year has probably been the most challenging of my career. I think resilience is a, is a day-to-day thing. I think I, I, I realize I had the luxury of time and planning pre 2020 in a way that I definitely don't have. And I think I quite quickly, I think when March came, almost just took 
took it day by day, week by week, month by month, more than I've ever done before. So it's interesting. I'm sort of, I'm definitely more in the present now, mm. I think, which um, it just in all aspects of life. I, I, I used to think a lot about what's next, what's next future. And I feel like I'm much more sort of grounded in the present because I, I don't know, because you have to, and things change so frequently day by day. Right. I think, uh, I think there's something about your own well-being and your own health with resilience and just making sure you have to look after yourself and that sort of self-care routine uh, is definitely not where I feel like I'd like it to be. But, um, you know, without exercise, without yoga, without running, without mm -hmm. fresh air and taking walks and having time to time to for yourself time with your family time with your friends I think that's been really important and and I think also just giving giving yourself a break like I think there's something about um when it comes to being resilient rolling with the punches a bit mm -hmm. more and I think there were so many decisions that I certainly had to make this year and other leaders have had to make this year and I, there was almost like I, I gave myself that kind of acceptance that not all of these are going to be right you are going to make mistakes and you just kind of I think there's just a real like gut instinct thing that kicked in for me which is like okay this is what we're going to do and do you feel that that message and that maybe pivot if you will psychologically uh, connects with your team also yeah, I think I think it I think it does. I think it did. I think I realized very early on when we sort of went into lockdown, it was like okay, obviously I need to sort of make sure I'm okay, but is is team okay and we need to make some quick decisions for the business and some of them were really tough and and some of the team were impacted by that. But I think we quite quickly moved to daily, daily stand-up calls. Mm -hmm. My one-on-ones changed very, changed a lot. And, and I was sort of having to recognize the needs, the independent needs of the team in a much more acute level of detail than I think I had to. So, you know, where are they living? Who's living on their own? who's living in a, a studio apartment with no one around them versus who's got a family that might need to be dealing with virtual learning. And so it, it got very one-on-one -on -one with a team just to kind of check in on them and make sure they were okay. But then also uh, with the frequency by which we came together went up very quickly because um, I, they might not have liked all of the decisions we were making, but I felt like it was important that we had to kind of communicate and stay in contact a lot more regularly. You know, that mindset that you're describing uh, in your role as CEO, it, it's almost like the, the sort of the worth and the purpose of your whole role has been changing over yeah. the past year in a very, very interesting and, and as you say, actually a hopeful fashion, if you can think about moving beyond the the extremeness of this time to the future when you can take the learnings. So what do you think we can expect to see from you in the years ahead? I mean I think I think Worth and the team have done an incredible job at shifting the perception of the brand. 
I think this notion of community is is going to be so important for us. Um, and I think understanding who our community is and how we can inspire them, how we can how we can give them information they need and, and, and information they want. Um, and, and I think deepen the relationship with our community. Um, and one of the one of the series that I've enjoyed the most this year is actually around um, shifting mindsets around philanthropy and um, re-architecting philanthropy and social mm -hmm. entrepreneurship um, and really sort of trying to shift mindsets at the donor level and, and create proximity to social entrepreneurs and leaders to really rethink the way that we are supporting things like social justice system, the future of work, the future of education. Me personally, I think um, I've realized for a long time that I love business and I love building brands and I love, I love the commercial aspects of that and I love creating partnerships, but I, it has to be connected to purpose and it mm -hmm. has to be connected to mission. Um, and I think, I think the, the, the organizations and companies that are walking the walk um, and, and creating action around that will very quickly be streets ahead of, of some of the companies that aren't, aren't or some of the leaders and companies that aren't, are, are just playing lip service to it. Um, and, I, and I definitely want to be one of the leaders that, that sort of walks the walk as well as talks the talk. So yeah, I, I, I certainly want to continue my focus in, in, the, in the women and gender equity and racial equity mm -hmm. space. Um, and also support female entrepreneurs as well, because I think that's an area that uh, creating more wealth for um, female founders and entrepreneurs is, is an exciting challenge and one that's desperately needed, I think. Well, completely, I'm just nodding to myself, Juliet, because I think I know I, and I'm sure so many of our listeners will resonate with your personal strategy and philosophy. I'm just sure that it's going to continue to be successful. We are extremely grateful to you for joining us today and for the work that you're doing on all fronts. Thank you very much. And just as we're closing out, maybe just um, remind our guests where they can learn more about you and, and your work. Thank you, Linda. And thank you for having me. And I must say you're a huge inspiration as well. So thank you. I feel like I've got lots to learn from you. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn at Juliet Scott Croxford, which is Scott hyphen Croxford. Um, also on Twitter, I think it's uh, Juliet S. Crox. Well, we absolutely will continue to do that. And thank you again so much for being here, Juliet. And thank best of luck in the year ahead. So nice to see on you. On all fronts. Great to see you. Thank Bye you. Now. Bye. Want more money stories? Check out my Instagram at Linda Davis Taylor underscore LDT to learn more about our incredible lineup of guests and share your own money story. Until next time.